Velvet Antler Technologies. Who are they and what do they do? All that right here on Gun Talk Hunt. And if you're looking for game care, this is your episode. This Gun Talk Hunt is brought to you by Silencer Central. Silence delivered. Welcome in Gun Talk Hunters. I'm your host, KJ, and I'm recording from Range Ready Studios because you know what? This is our first show in here and it's just that cool. Um, I don't hear any problems with the sound, so we're right on schedule, um, which is how we like to be. And today we're talking about game care. Um, we're talking about game care after the shot and long after the shot. So I'm joined with Velvet Antler Technologies, Daryl Gogurt and AJ Pizzoli. Did I say those right? Yep, correct. Perfect. Um, man, there's a lot, to, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to game care. And we're going to, we're going to kind of dive into what people need to know, but first, not a lot of people are going to be familiar with velvet antler technologies. Uh, Daryl, uh, how about you give us a little bit of background on, uh, velvet antler? All right. So, oh, I don't know how many years ago it's been back when I was a kid, actually, I, uh, I used to live 100 miles from any taxidermist, and a lot of the animals I killed way back then, they weren't big enough to do anything with the velvet. You know, I just kind of threw them away, threw them in the shed, and the velvet would fall off. And I always hated it because I loved the velvet. So moving on later in my later years, I decided, man, I need to start keeping this velvet. And I lived in a small town in rural Nevada, didn't have access to anything. So I started just essentially mixing my own compounds and spraying them on these antlers each year to try to figure out what works. And I finally came up with the, a concoction that I started using every year and doing my buddy's deer. And, and it kind of started there. And um, I moved to Idaho, didn't really do nothing with it, kind of kept it in my pocket and watched the velvet make sure it wasn't falling apart or anything. Had a couple deer mounted. In 2011, I met AJ and he said, man, let's do something with this thing. And we kind of started rolling with it. and. You know, we get people say, hey, you guys have created this. Why can't you figure this out? You know, so that's how different products have evolved by us trying different things and testing products and seeing how they react. And today here where you are. <laughs> well, I I came across you guys at NRA show by happenstance. You guys were out at Houston and, you know, the final day of the show, I was kind of walking by and and I'm a I'm a hunter at heart. And I just that's all I, I made up with it. And had no clue i had no clue and now it's starting to change my thought process and you guys are coming up with solutions that i've been dealing with for years um slippage of hide um out in the field and 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 stuff like that and preserving our trophies um and that's really what we want to do because we all i think we all kind of want to pay the ultimate respect for our animals and they feed us and you know, and we watch them grow and we, we see them out and we put on this beautiful stock and it, it's just, a, it's heartbreaking to see trophies break down. Um, we've got a mess of them here in the office that, that just haven't seen the TLC that's needed. Um, AJ, how about uh, talking a little bit about the need for this product um, and really who's it for? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we have a slew of products and I'm sure we'll get to those in, in greater detail, but you know, really when we're talking about taxidermy care in general, 
you know, as you mentioned, as we've got kind of before, during and after, right? So for focusing on the after portion, like some of those hides I see behind you there, you know, a lot of people don't know that, uh, you know, it's not just one and done, right? When you're done at a taxidermist and you take it home, you are not done caring for that animal, whether it be a duck, a goose, right. a bear. It doesn't matter what it is. Every single species requires aftercare. And we've heard everything from, you know, using a duster, using compressed air, using <laughs> alcohol. I mean, anything and everything you can think of, we've, we've talked to customers and potential customers of ours about how they manage and take care of their game. And unfortunately, the sad truth is most people don't. You know, it, it's, it's almost mind-boggling, excuse me, how many people we talk to that say, oh, I, I never really thought about it. I just hang it up when I get home and, you know, I just get to stare at it. It's like, well, unfortunately, it's like anything else. It requires maintenance. It's like a vehicle. So this product, VelvaClean, is specifically designed for any person that has any type of taxidermy in their house, from a bear rug to a bear mount to a duck, anything. So that's one of the common questions we get is, what can I use it on? And our answer is simple. Anything that's been taxidermied, anything that has yeah. feathers, hair, hide, whatever it is. Yeah, that's now, it. I'll, Go for it. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, and, and aside from the product being excellent at removing dirt, dust, and oils, what it really does that no other product out there can compare to it is, you know, if you're not, again, if you're not familiar with taxidermy, there's roughly six different types of beetles and mites and other types of larvae that will get in there and actually eat away at that keratin and the hair, um, including velvet, including hard antler. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, so our product will not only kill off any of those that are potentially in there, it'll actually eradicate them and keep them from coming back. Wow. Uh, Daryl, give us a little rundown of the kind of the first really product that you guys came to market with and, and really started to promote heavily, um, given your experience and in, in how you developed it. So like I said early on, Velvalock is the first one. And it's funny because I never even really had a name for it way back when I just created a product that I knew worked and, and knew drew the blood out of the, out of the actual membrane and had cured and set the antler and, and made the velvet stay in place for years and years. Um, so that was our first product we ever put out. And we take a lot of pride in that one. We've, I don't, I'd love to know the count on the amount of heads that have been done with it since it came to market, but I don't, it's in the thousands now, you know, in the last three years. Um, <laughs> But we're we have very 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 good success. We've we've done everything from from fresh fresh early season July antlers all the way into the end of the season, from halfway set peeled off antlers to yeah. rotting maggots in them that people call us and say, "Man, I didn't know what happened," and and, and we help them fix those as well. No kidding. Well, I think that's one of the. I don't know. I think. I think, I don't know, talk a little bit about, and Daryl, maybe you could talk a little bit about this. I know both of you guys could, but talk about like what velvet does after the shot. Um, the breakdown process begins immediately, right? Absolutely. So first thing that ever happens when an animal dies, any animal that it is, is the blood coagulates. So there's blood underneath the membrane and throughout the membrane of those, that velvet, as soon as it coagulates, it, it's not running anymore, right? So it, it stays where it's at. Um, it clots, especially if you shoot them with a bow and arrow, there's clots running through, yeah. those clots are running through that antler as well until the animal's expired. Um, 
So, so in that process, if you don't get something taken care of or something done with that within 24 hours, those antlers are going to start to deteriorate and fall apart very quickly. Okay. And so with Velvalock, it's, so you take this into the field with you. Correct. Okay. And once you, you harvest your animal, you, you kill your animal, you go out there and is it immediately like put your tag on it and then spray it? You know, I think there, there's, I think we always tell people within 24 hours, right? I mean, I don't want people spraying this on there when they're trying to deal with taking care of the meat on their animal, right? Cause it has, it has, does have some things in there that you don't want to put in your meat. It's obviously it's non-toxic. Okay. I've put, I've put it on my tongue to taste it, to show people that it, I, you know, I trust it that much. It does not taste good. Trust me, but, <laughs> but it is non-toxic on your meat. So, so people need to definitely pay attention. Number one to their animal, what it's doing, what time of day it is, how hot it is. And then where their meat is in the process. I always say meat is number one in this whole process, right? That's the reason we hunt is we hunt to for sustenance. We hunt to eat. Yeah. That's, that's why we hunt. Um, second to that is then we take care of the trophy, right? So, I think in doing that, you need to take care of that as soon as possible. I always tell people, try to get to it within 24 hours. So if that means you got to get your meat back to the truck and on the cooler, then you get back to that and spray it down and get it taken care of and then get it back to the taxidermist as soon as possible. All right. And that's, have, have there been any stories of, of guys using Velvalock that, you know, they thought their trophy was done for and, and some guy brings this stuff out and saves the day. So I have one that I tell all the time. So I had a client actually call from Ohio and uh, he'd gone on a, on a paid mule deer hunt in Colorado somewhere. And he had just called and said, Hey, I got this set of velvet antlers and he's 204 inch typical mule deer. I killed with my bow. He said, and they, they told me it was taken care of. They had injected it with formaldehyde. He said, it's in my garage right now but the bases are full of maggots and it's my garage stinks. I can't do anything. So we instantly overnighted him two bottles of Velvola. I said, well, we'll square up after. Let me get it to you right now. Let's take care of this first. He called me around a week later and it had killed all the maggots. It had set all the velvet and it saved that set antlers, 204 inches. He had a couple holes in it where the maggots had eaten away at it. But other than that, it, it cured everything and took care of it after he already thought it had been treated. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when someone else tells you, no, we got it. And, man, I, I could not imagine, man, what a trophy, a 204-inch typical. Um, right. And to have and, and to be in velvet, I mean, I think that's what makes it extra special is just, man, because that's, that's not something that you get every day. And so let's talk about the, like, the early season care of, of animals. Is there you know, a time frame that you look at and you go, well, this is, you know, when you're going to see these, you know, deer and velvet and stuff like that. Is there, is there a certain time frame? I mean, it's in September. I usually start seeing them, you know, I guess they're in almost every stage I've in Oklahoma. You don't see any deer with velvet on in, you know, at the end of October. Well, so California opened four days ago. Jeez. <laughs> Enjoy so that. How early it is, right? So yeah. It's very, very early. Um, one other story I want to touch on real quick. Last year, we had a guy 
message us that, and I know people are, they don't care much for what happens between a high fence, right? But for us, it's a proving ground. Yeah. And I like to tell the story because this taxidermist called me and he said, the owner of this ranch had one of their bucks run into a fence and he died and he killed himself. And it was in early July and he was already 346 inches. Oh. The, the tip had blood coming out of him after he died. It was that early season. And the taxidermist used almost a gallon on there, but he saved that whole set of antlers for the, for the owner of that ranch. My with gosh. All the, with all velvet, full, where, full velvet. That's my good season story. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty good. I, don't, I mean... That, my gosh, that's really good. Um, hey, we're going to jump in real quick uh, from a word from our sponsors. All right, thank you to our sponsor, Silencer Central. You know they're silence delivered. And why are they delivered silently? It's because the postman sneaks up to your door. He drops a package on your doorstep, and then he eases away because he's just dropped off your new Banish 30 from Silencer Central. You can do it all in your underwear if you wanted to. You could do your fingerprints. You could do your photo which I probably wouldn't recommend doing your photo in your underwear, but you know, people have done worse. So you get it all done at your house. And as that's the convenience of silencer central, you know, they, it's easy to purchase online. You do all the forms at your house and you send the paperwork out. They manage the trust and then it shows up at your door. Super easy. Silencer central does it right. That's silencercentral.com. Sig Sauer, you know, they have a cross rifle that I love. I own one. I've custom Cerakoted. I've shot it suppressed the entire time. I love this gun. But, you know, the big news right now is the 10 millimeter. They just brought out one. It has a, it's five inches, 18 shots. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? 10 millimeter, full size. This is a backcountry hunter's dream gun. So, you know, Mr. Grizz, if he's out there, I think he's going to be more scared of you right now at this point. If he sees you got that SIG P320 and 10 millimeter on your hip or on your chest rig, I think he's going to be pretty frightened. That's me personally. I really think he is. But uh, don't don't sleep on this gun. Uh, it's very comfortable to shoot. Um, Full-size grip, uh, but all designed here. And it's sixhour.com. Find out more. And ATN, the future of optics. Well, the future is now because they are doing a lot of great stuff over at ATN. They pack in more features into some of their optics than I've ever seen before. Um, one shot zero. They've got a ballistic calculator in there. They've got Wi-Fi in there. I, like it, It's got a little bit of everything. A um, lot built into this thing um, my favorite is the thor it's state-of-the-art technology it it's kind of your, your top shelf if you will it's the top of the line thermal optic that atn offers um, and if you're looking if you're in the night vision game you can only see so far and things are going to hide from you with thermal nothing hides and atn is doing it right uh, atn optics gives you the cutting edge performance that you need uh, to perform in the field. So find out more at atncorp.com. That's A-T-N-C-O-R-P.com. All right, we're back with Daryl and AJ of Velvet Antler Technologies. And uh, AJ, let's get you in here and let's talk about the hide care um, aspect of it. Because you guys, you guys have, I forget how many um, products that you guys have that deal with 
game care specifically, but hide care for me in the field is probably one of the most difficult. Right. And that's kind of one of the biggest concerns that most people have, right? Because not everyone's a velvet hunter. We've got guys out there and girls out there that don't archery hunt, or as you mentioned, a lot of the hunts that you guys get to go on, you don't have to worry about velvet, right? Right. But the big concern for you guys is let's say that you're black bear hunting or even whitetail hunting is if you're hunting in an area that's extremely warm, you know, as Daryl mentioned, your first concern is going to be taking care of the meat, right? Mm -hmm. So once that game is on the ground, once you've harvested that game, you're going to be worrying most about getting that meat out and getting it cool. But again, you know, a lot of us like to take home our trophies, whether that be a bear hide, a deer hide, you know, do a shoulder mount, whatever it is. And unfortunately, year after year, hides get lost left and right because of the warm temperatures. So yep. similar to antlers, right? Once an animal has been harvested, the uh, blood flow stops, oxygen stops, necrosis kicks in, right? So hair right. is like any other living tissue in the fact that once the oxygen is deprived, and once the, the necrosis kicks in, those hair follicles have a tendency to just open up, right? So you can right. think of how a hair follicle holds the hair in place. Well, when, when that oxygen and necrosis starts to kick in there, that hair follicle over time as it's degrading will just open up and allow that hair to fall out. So that's actually one of the ways that you get hair loss. The second, right, is probably from some type of infestation of bugs yeah. or bacteria. <clears throat> so we created Hydelock. So Hydelock is just a cutting edge technology that there's nothing else out there like it, right? It's a product that once we take care of the meat, you lay it hide side down, flush side up, you spray it, comes in a 12 ounce bottle, you spray it on the flesh side of a deer or a bear or anything else. And it does one of two things. First and foremost, it gets on there and it kills any potential bacteria. So in the process of breaking down any game animal, right? You're, you're opening what would be a contained system to the air. Yeah. You get bacteria from the air. There's flies that will land on it, drop bacteria, you know, just naturally touching elements in the environment. So it'll kill any bacteria that happen to have gotten on that surface. The second thing it does is it actually creates a liquid barrier. I like to think about it as kind of an impenetrable barrier right. that doesn't allow bacteria to grow on there. So for instance, you get that deer on the ground, you spray it. It just killed all the bacteria that was potentially on there and now has created a liquid barrier shield that doesn't allow, say, a fly to land on there and deposit any type of bacteria or egg. So you don't have to worry about bug infestations. And the third thing is that like all of our other products, it has a bug repellent and deterrent built into it. So it's pretty amazing. You know, you think about when you get a deer on the ground or any game animal, you'll often see flies and wasps and bees and stuff like that that come around it. Once our product, so Hydelock and Velvelock both is sprayed on there, you never have to worry about bug infestations. The flies and the bees just absolutely hate it. Wow. So, anyway. you know, again, this was another product that was brought to us. Uh, someone had an idea and said, Hey, you guys should figure out how to do this. This is a problem that we all face. I mean, every single one of us as hunters has, and, you know, Daryl actually has a great test. Some, he has multiple, but he actually has a great couple testimonials about the efficacy of Hydelock in extreme conditions. What do you got, Daryl? I want to hear a story. <laughs> <laughs> so last year. I actually, I, can I show you guys up close these two hides I got, or I'll show you one of them. Oh yeah, you can go, feel free to grab them. Yeah, I pick the phone up here in just a second. Let me tell you what I did with these two whitetails. I went to Maryland last year and I hunted Maryland in September, early opening day, September 10th. I killed two whitetails, 150 inch 
eight point and 114 inch six point with 12 inch points on the back. Good gosh. Those two bucks, both I caped them off. I didn't clean any of the hides. I didn't do anything to them. I scraped off the big pieces. That was it. Mm -hmm. I scraped the pied lock and rolled them up ears and nose inside the bag, put them in a plastic bag. I left those in the back of my truck for 10 days at 90 degrees with no refrigeration. I'd never do and it. Then, that's <laughs> show you. This is that's the buck. That was the velvet that we cured as well. Okay. I don't know if you can see him very good. But I mean, if you look up close, his hair super short. He has all the eyelashes still. Everything's still in place. Turned out really beautiful. I think I saw that deer at the NRA show, <laughs> and it's and it's immaculate. Yes. And that's, yeah, I just, man, I know there's a lot of guys out there shaking their head like they would not do this. Guys and gals both that leaving a hide in the back of a truck in 90 degree after and not, not icing it down. Your taxidermist must hate you. <laughs> I mean, he I actually I, was surprised when he got it. He said, he said, that thing's going to be gross. What are you doing? And I sent it to him and he called me back and he said, that's amazing. He said, it doesn't even stink. Really? So, Man, okay, yeah. cause, because so I'm headed out to Kodiak this season, uh, end of September, so first of October. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of a, a backcountry hunt out there. There's no I don't have a taxidermy within, you know, six hours or whatever it's gonna be back to through Anchorage. So what you're saying, if I'm hearing this correctly, I can cape this thing out, spray hide lock on it. If it's a velvet, and it, then if it's a a velvet, I can spray the velvet lock on it, and it'll be good until I get back to a taxidermist. And you know, we tell, we caution people, right? You want to you want to take every precaution you can. This is not like this is like you never have to do anything again, right? Because this we don't want to give people a false sense of security that you can do whatever you want, with right? this hide and it's going to be okay. That's not the point here. The point is, this is an added insurance policy for you, right? Like if you go to Kodiak and you tell them you really want to be in there and you really, they're going to tell you to take 25 pounds of salt with you. Yeah. <laughs> hide, right. Yeah. That's just not cool. Hide lock allows you to take a 12 ounce bottle that takes place of a 25 pound bottle of salt. There you go. Salt. And I think that, I think so, that peace of mind is yeah. really what guys are looking for. I think they, they want that assurance that like, okay, I can, I can, I can stave off, you know, the 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 breakdown of the hides or the the velvet to get me to where I need to be. Right. And the velvet generally by the time you get to wherever you're going, it's probably going to be close to being done and set and preserved forever. Oh, really? The hide, the hide on the other hand, if you roll it up and put it in a plastic bag, it will actually keep that hide just like the when you got it skinned out and done. So okay. when your taxidermist gets it, he has a fresh, clean hide. That okay. he so if you salt the hide, they tend to shrink. Mm -hmm. They're hard to deal with. If there's any meat, you can't get it off. It's just, there's a lot of things. So in doing our research for the hide lock, we talked to taxidermists and said, what's the worst thing people do, right? Worst <laughs> thing they do is put salt on them because they don't know how to split lips. They don't know how to turn ears. And that's just, it's not a fault of anybody's. It's right. just one of those things that people don't understand how to do it correctly like a taxidermist would.
So this buys you that extra time and the extra ability to keep that animal preserved the best you can. So when that trophy goes on the wall, the taxidermists not have to do extra work either and charge you for that extra work oh, because yeah. things went awry in the field before he got it. Well, and, and I, I, I mean, what I've dealt with quite a bit, especially like Wyoming antelope season, you know, their that antelope, their hair is a different creature. I mean, it comes out in batches. And if you, if you do not do that hide, right, your taxidermist is definitely going to like pass you off to someone else. Um, and I took a taxidermist on a hunt with me once and the amount of care he put into a hide. I mean, it was hours of work trying to preserve and do it right. Um, but you know, he would go through that anyway. I think even with hide lock, but I, like you said, I think it's, it's an insurance thing. It's just, it's a belt and suspenders type of deal. Sure. Well, KJ, you know, what's interesting as well is you mentioned, you know, antelope and I agree with you. Daryl and I talk about antelope and sheep all day long just because, you know, antelope are so finicky. Yeah. They're, they're just so particular, you know, and sheep in particular, they're most people, when you go to hunt sheep, it is a lifelong dream. It's a very expensive hunt or it's been a lifetime of putting in points, you know? And so the example that Daryl gave you is a great testimonial to us really putting it through the ringer. You know, that's Daryl and I taking the time to test our product on our own stuff. But right. Daryl, if you have a second, you should tell them the story of the of the the sheep going through Texas because that again is a lifelong hunt and the product did its job. So yeah, another is a good testimonial for us. We had a taxidermist up in Washington State. He was very skeptical on how the products would work. Um so he uh he called us and got some hide lock because he was going on an out at sheep hunt down in Texas. Well, when he got down there, killed his sheep, was headed back home, and he got held up for a few days at the airport. And uh, during those days, his out at sheep sat out on the tarmac in Houston, Texas for a oh. few days. And he was just worried as heck that he was going to lose that cape. And after it got all said and done and got back from the tannery, he said that thing turned out amazing. Oh, really? On the tarmac yeah. in Houston. So that, that that's just another one of those stories, right? Like a success story that yeah. somebody that was very typical that wanted to use it. He tried it. Now he's in love with it. So, you know, and that's a that's a great that's a great point. And I think it, it kind of spurred a thought. Um, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but like you missed miss KJ's aha moment. So many hunters nowadays are traveling to hunt. And a lot of these guys are saving up for these big expensive tags or these once in a lifetime hunts or, you know, they're, they're taking their, their dads or their moms on these great hunts. And you cannot always determine what airlines do. Like, I think that's one of the most frustrating things is because like, especially like meat cares a whole nother topic, but especially preserving those hides and those trophies and you can't do anything about it. That's a frightening thought. It is. And then, you know, there's, there's another one I could go on all day about stories, but this is another great one. After we left the Houston show, the NRA show, we had talked to numerous taxidermists down there. I had one call me after the fact, about two weeks later. And he says to me, he says, man, we got a, one of these sheep or these, I don't know what they're, there's an, one of the spiral horned animals down there, right. In Texas yeah. that they have. But it was a crossbreed between two animals. So it was just a really pretty cape. It's a once-in-a-lifetime cape. 
nobody will ever have another one like it. It's yeah. the only one in the world. And so this guy says, but the problem is when they took care of it, I don't know what they did because all the hair is falling out of the neck while I'm, while I'm trying to flesh it Oh no! and get it ready. So he said, what can we do? So we overnighted him two bottles of Hydelock, rolled it up. I told him exactly what to do. Roll it up, put it in a bag, leave it overnight. He called me two days later after he took it back out of the refrigerator after it sat with the Hydelock on it. He said, you're never going to believe it. He said, all the hair set, it won't fall out anymore. No kidding. So we actually we killed all the bacteria and saved this once-in-a-lifetime animal's hide that you know he would have had to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to try to get it replicated yeah. again. And you don't you don't get those trophies back. They don't they don't after you bring them home. They're not refunding your money. I mean that's that's what you've got what you got. Um, and the care yep. and the care that you take in the field is going to um, resonate through years. Um, sure. Because my my goal is the trophies behind me, the trophies on this table. That you know everything that I've got. I want my kids to be able to like go back and look at it and go, Oh yeah. I remember when dad brought that one home. Like, man, it, you know, there's, there's memories being passed down and it's not just, you know, about the hunt at the time, but let's talk about a little bit about aftercare of trophies. Cause we've had multiple conversations and like you guys said, you know, whether it's a Swiffer or whatever it is, you know, what, what care do you guys offer that goes beyond the hunt? Go ahead, AJ. You, you do this a lot because you did the videos and all on this one. I'll let you tackle it. Thank you. So, JJ, I kind of, you know, spoke a little bit about it earlier. So the aftercare, in my opinion, is one of the most important, right? Because you've, you've done all the work to get it there. Right. You've utilized whether it's our products or, you know, other methods of, say, putting it on ice, doing whatever. You know, you finally have that trophy back. And, and I love your example and your testament of giving stuff to your kids. Like I have a deer that my grandfather shot in 1969 in Colorado. That is literally my prized possession. Like I would probably get rid of everything else I have aside from that one yeah. year. And not just because he's a giant, but it's the story that came with it. You know, it's knowing that kind of how everything evolved and the hands that went through to get to me. And so, you know, I take great pride in cleaning all my trophies, but especially yeah. that one. And so for me, the post care is going to be the most important. And it, like I said earlier, you know, there are a plethora, depending on where you are in the country and even in the world, there's a plethora of different types of bugs that get into taxidermy. So yeah. people are familiar with a clothes moth, right? You oh, yeah. Remember the old, we'll put mothballs in a chest or in a, yeah. in a closet. Well, the same care that was taken with clothes and, you know, expensive garments, it should be the same for your taxidermy because even, you know, that clothes moth at a larval stage will get into any type of hair or fiber, keratin base, and it'll go in there and eat away at it. And so, you know, our product Velvet Clean was designed specifically for that. So if you can think about it at a kind of a microscopic level, mm -hmm. if you have a surface, say a hair, deer hair, hide, and you spray it on there. So our product will actually encapsulate that dust particle or dirt particle, whatever it is, and allows you just to wipe it away. So our kit comes with a 12 ounce bottle of the velvet clean a white terry cloth towel and a two-headed brush so the brush just for listeners of this it's kind of like the uh a two-headed dog brush if you will one okay. side has the little the um the, the nylon bristles and the other side has the, the metal bristles that are a little more aggressive so what we recommend is once you get that trophy back is you spray it down so it's a light misting 
I usually hold it six to eight inches away from the trophy, regardless of what it is. Let it sit for about three minutes. That allows it to do exactly what I'm explaining, encapsulate the dirt, the dust, the oil, and allows it to break down to where you can wipe it off. Now, it's nice, and the reason we include the brush is for multiple reasons. So if you have a late-season mule deer cape, let's say, yeah. as most of you know, or, or even a late-season whitetail cape, they're relatively long-haired. So when you spray that product on there, you use the brush and the metal side of that brush to brush the product down through the hair follicles and actually get it down to the cape, which is where the larva would live. Okay. Unfortunately, when people get a larval infestation of, you know, it could be uh, um, different types of beetles, uh, moths, whatever it is, you don't notice it until it's too late. And you'll start to see little lines or little veining that goes through trophies on your bighorn sheep. They get and they'll chisel right around the base of the horns. Okay. Same with your African animals. They'll, yeah. they'll punch little holes in the actual keratin of the horn and they'll get in there. And unfortunately, once you see the damage and you're aware that they're there, it's too late. They've already started yeah. to destroy. So, you know, as hard as it is, we've had people come to us and say, hey, I you know went on a stone sheep hunt five years ago. I got my trophy oh. back and just put it up on the wall with the rest of my trophy. Didn't think twice, but now I'm seeing patchiness on the hide. And it's like, well, that's a $5,000 hide. Yeah. It just got ruined because of a bug infestation or a larval infestation. And again, it's what you don't see that hurts you because when they turn into an adult and they're actually flying and you see them in your house, that's not the detrimental part. Once they're an adult, they don't eat. They, they, they only live long enough to breed, and lay more eggs in your hides or in your clothes, and then they're off. Wow. So, you know, especially for your species like your waterfowls, your bears, your pig, super oily, gamey animals, even after a good taxidermist is done with it, whatever residual is left in that hide or in the, like the quill of the feather, over time it leaches out and can get this really sticky, nasty, gunky feel to it that attracts the dirt, dust, and oils. Well, again, you simply spray the product on there yeah. and part of that breakdown process, it'll, it'll, it breaks down those oils and makes them easy to wipe away. Well, so, it, I, I mean, it's just, it's just an unreal product that works on anything that's been taxed. Well, and the oils that, cause you guys, when you were showing it at the show, you would spray it and then you'd wipe it off and the oils from our hands and people touching Absolutely. it. And, and because man, you always want to go, man, I wonder, I bet that feels like velvet. And sure enough, it feels like velvet, but you're leaving behind residue and oils on that. And so you guys as the velvet clean is, is, is great for that care and attention to, you know, bugs and oils that we leave behind. Yeah. And if, if anyone has been fortunate enough to attend some of these shows and see the product in person, you're absolutely right, KJ. That's exactly what we do. We have a big kind of a cool, non-typical velvet bull that was killed here in Utah that we have on display. We kind of intentionally keep it down low, right at your waist level or eye level so that we let kids touch it. We let anyone and everyone touch it. So it's twofold. It really is to educate people because there are surprisingly a lot of people out there that have never felt velvet. We hear all the time at shows like in Texas, people there were multiple people that had no idea that ungulate animals even grew velvet. It was yeah. just like mind blowing to them. And so allowing them to touch it and feel it and educate them on you know, velvet in general. But as you mentioned, then after is to say a couple hours of people touching and handling and putting their, you know, their hands on it, we'll spray down the velvet clean, let it sit for a second and rub it. And, you know, it, like I said, it's pretty amazing. It comes with a white terry cloth towel and we demonstrate Whoa. just how dirty 
people's hands are from a couple I, hours of use and abuse. It'll make I think you, you saw that firsthand. Like, it'll make you want to go wash your hands immediately and do it <laughs> often because the amount of, of residue that it pulled from that hide and it, I mean, it, it, the, all the trophies looked immaculate. I mean, I've never seen such clean trophies inside a show booth <laughs> before because <laughs> you guys travel all over the country doing this. Yes, we do. And every single one of those animals that you saw there, that was actually one of our smaller displays. Like at the Western Hunt Expo here in, in Salt Lake, we had over a dozen. So we had all different, everything yeah. from caribou all the way down to birds. But yeah, so you're absolutely right. That stuff travels all around the country with us. It gets handled left and right by not only Daryl and I, but by people there. And again, we encourage people and it, it goes against the norm because I can't tell you how many people walk by and they'll tell their kids or whoever, don't touch that. You're not allowed to touch taxidermy. And we always encourage them. No, no, no. Come back and feel our product because right. we're, we're so confident in how hide lock locks the hair down. We're so confident on velvet lock and how it secures the velvet on the antler. But also our cleaner is like, you can touch all day long because again, we're not leaving those damaging oils and dirt and dust on there for any long period of time. We're just, you know, wiping them off within the day. And so it's yeah. not that big of a deal, but you know, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about leaving stuff to your kids and letting them enjoy it. Like I've been staring at that whitetail rack in front of you, wishing I could hold it, you know, <laughs> like it's just yeah. absolutely beautiful. And so to me, like we handle our taxidermy all the time. Like that's part of the enjoyment. Oh yeah. Like that's our, that's our only connection with the hunt. I mean, that's what you have, you know, you have photos and stuff like that, but you can't, you can't hold that photo. I mean, you could hold it in your hands, but you can't feel that memory. You just can't, there's just a tangible like aspect that you're not getting with something on an, on, on a screen or on a, you know, piece of piece of photo paper. It's, it's the tangible trophy. Um, man, you guys, uh, well tell everybody where you can go find out more, um, about velvet antler technologies. So we can be found on social media, both. Oh, sorry. Just talked over you there for a second. So we can be found on both social media platforms. So Instagram and Facebook, we can be found at velvet antler technologies is the handle. We can be found on YouTube at velvet antler technologies. We also have a full fledged website where individuals can go by directly from the website, www.velvetantlertechnologies.com. And, uh, depending on where you're located and we're currently in the process of updating the website with this, but we are featured in a plethora of archery shops, taxidermy studios and big box stores. And you, so just a, just a quick pro tip, um, that I'm going to have, I'm going to go do before you head on that trip of a lifetime. Um, if you're like, well, I don't want to add luggage or anything like that. Just go on the website, ship it to your location where you're going to be at. The outfitter, just tell the outfitter, hey, I've got this coming in. They're going to say, okay, they're going to put it in the corner. When you get there, it's already there. So that was a that was a tip AJ gave me at the show. He was like, hey, before you head out to Kodiak, just go online, order it, send it up there. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, we actually do that frequently. So there's a lot of guys and gals that go on those dream hunts. They're hunting caribou. They're going to hunt, you know, velvet moose or whatever. We'll ship it to a rental car agency, your hotel, <laughs> you know, an outfitting service. Really, it's any place if you know you're going to be there long enough to pick up a package, meaning 
we'll ship it well in advance. So like you mentioned, KJ, like you could ship it to a rental, a small rental car place up in Alaska and just tell them, hey, I had a package delivered here. They'll throw it in the car for yeah. you and off you go. And it's not that you can't carry our products via, you know, via checked in your bag or whatever, but it just alleviates the concern of, you know, what if the airline loses my bag? What if, you know, the airline damages my bag and spills the product or damages the container? Again, it's, yeah. uh, you know, as Daryl says, it's just an ad insurance policy. Like we'll ship it up there for you and get confirmation that it was received there. And so you don't even need to worry about it. I love it. Daryl and AJ, thank you for joining us, man. We, we, I sure do appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> All thank right. you. All right, Gun Talk Hunters, you know the drill. Keep those muzzles pointed in a safe direction and always be on the hunt.